What's up, guys, and welcome to the Wins and Losses podcast, episode six. My name is Tyler, and my guest for today is an old buddy of mine from high school, Charles Spacek. Charles, thanks for coming along today, man. Oh, thank you for the invite. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, what do you want people to know about you, man? Um, I am a very strong-minded person when it comes to sports. Um, there's no way around it. Uh, very, very passionate about my sports, um, no matter if they win or lose. Uh, how is life growing up? Did you grow up in Aiken? Or no, you grew up in New York, actually. Well, I, I grew up mostly in Aiken, but I did spend a lot of summers, uh, at least every summer or every Christmas, I went up to New York. But I did spend most of my time in Aiken playing baseball, uh, soccer, and a little bit of golf here and there. That's more of a now thing than it was growing up. I would have played hockey if it was available down here, just because I love the game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I pretty much played baseball and soccer my entire life. Yeah, I basically, you know, I was big on baseball, same with like basketball, but eventually I got over playing basketball and eventually I got over playing baseball. So now you're uh, going to USC Aiken along with me? Yes. Um, I think we're both studying communication, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, I'm doing communications and digital arts. Is that, did you transition to that? Um, I don't know. I, right now I'm communication, but I'm on the edge of changing it to teaching. Okay. But I think I'm going to stick with communication. Do you have a plan after college right now? Nothing set or even on mind. Okay. No, I feel that. So we went to high school at South Aiken. That's kind of where we met. I don't know what class we met at, but. I think it might've been somewhere in 10th grade. I don't, I wasn't here in 10th grade. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I had so much to remember from South Aiken. Oh, dude, it had to be somewhere in 11th grade. I don't know. I don't even, yeah. Yeah, I mean, dude, I did not like South Aiken, like, at all. It was not the best, I'll tell you that. This is, like, I've ranted about South Aiken, like, already once, so I'm not going to do it anymore. I mean, anymore. you were there for two years, just imagine four. Oh, dude, four years at South Aiken? I couldn't handle that. Yeah, it's not the brightest. But, yeah. So, I also have to bring up, Charles is a pretty good, uh, pretty good chef. Not gonna lie. Uh, yes, I love to cook. It's something I'm, I became pretty passionate about. Uh, I picked it up uh, over quarantine. My favorite meals to cook are probably steak or chicken parmesan. Just, just fun to cook. Yeah, the stuff I see you put on Instagram is like, holy crap, it looks really good. Like, I think it's good, and my family tells me it's good. So I don't know if it's true or if they're just boosting my ego on that, but I'll take it. I mean, everyone needs a little bit of an ego boost once in a while, but it's yes. not so much—not so much of an ego boost. It's more so like a confidence booster. Yeah, yeah. So, so talk about your sports teams. You're a Jets fan. You're a Yankees fan. Icelanders fan. Yeah, I'm a big. Uh, when it comes to all those teams, it's something I've been fans of from when I was younger. Uh, my dad introduced me to those teams. Um, obviously, the Yankees are arguably one of the best sports franchises of all time. But then, if you look at the Jets and the Islanders haven't been good in 30, 40 years, but I'm passionate about it. I haven't missed a game for either of those teams in maybe four years. I can tell you up and coming prospects. Uh, it's just something I'm very passionate about. It'll be interesting to see going forward with the Icelanders and Flyers series. I believe we're going into game six. Yes, tonight. I'm uh, kind of nervous for it, even though the Islanders are up 3-2. Um, it should be good, though. No, I'll I'll be looking forward to it. I'll probably check in. I'm not a huge hockey fan, but because it's a Philly team, I got to check in, you know. 
Well, right now they're probably your best bet for any team out of Philly. Damn, that kind of hurts my soul. I'm not going to lie. Well, I don't know. The Phillies have been good. You have the Braves. Yeah, I know. We're, that we're, bullpen is nothing to brag about either in Philly. Well, I mean, we got David Phelps out of free agency, and then we also got uh, Workman. So, I mean, we got some more help with us. But I like Didi and I like Girardi. He's yeah. two things to get work on, work off of. And uh, Alex Bohm is very exciting to watch, I have to admit. Yeah, I love Bohm, dude. But uh, what are your thoughts on the Jets this year? You think Jets are going to be any good? Well, before the Jamal Adams trade, I was very – I was as, as exciting as you can get as a Jets fan. I mean, I think the last time they had – it made it to the playoffs was 2010. God. Lost to, I believe, the Steelers in the semifinals. Was Favre on that team at the end of his career? He might have been. I know Mark Sanchez was a starting quarterback, so that's a big throwback. Okay. Um, but was that pre butt fumble or post butt fumble? Uh, pre butt fumble. I think the butt fumble was in 2011 on Thanksgiving okay. night. But the Jets. I mean, <laughs> the Jets. I mean, they're probably. I wouldn't expect anything more than four wins. Um, I'll be more excited if they have a mediocre year. I'd rather them lose and fire Adam Gase. If I'm being honest. Yeah, Adam Gase, I, I can see him getting fired very soon. He might get fired halfway through the season. I'm hoping. But I'll tell you this, the, your Eagles, they should be pretty well if they stay healthy at the wide receiver position. Dude, we're already not healthy. Oh, I, I saw uh, Jalen Rieger got hurt the other yeah. day. Uh, now, I'm, now I kind of wish we took Justin Jefferson, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I believe uh, – who else is out right now? Uh, Brandon Brooks, I think, is out, and Andre Dillard is out as well. So it's like all of our it's like our, our left side is pretty much hurt at this point. Wentz got hurt before the season even started. He's out for like a week. So I do like uh, Zach Ertz though. He is one of the best tight ends in the league, if in my opinion. Yeah, the problem with him is he's getting old now. Yeah, I mean, who else is who else is there at the tight end? Well, we still got Dallas Goddard. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of, Dallas Goddard. Yeah, we basically play both of them at the same time very often. Zagertz has always helped me in fantasy over the last couple of years. Yeah. I wonder I wonder who's going to pick him for our fantasy football league. Yeah. I might try and pick him up depending on what pick I get, but, you know, we'll see. So what are your thoughts on the Yankees not doing too much for the trade deadline? Um, I, I honestly was completely fine with them. Not doing anything. I mean, in years past, if you look at their deadline accusations, I mean, some of the few that I can name off my hand are uh, Jaime Garcia, Lance Lynn. Those are the two that really stick out to me the most over the last, I think, two or three years. And at least for me that I've noticed, they did absolutely nothing to help the Yankees' chances. And the Yankees already have so many injury problems this year. There's no point in dishing out more prospects when everyone's going to come back, hopefully, in October. I thought at least you guys would, were going to trade Andrew Hard just because he wasn't doing anything, and I feel like he could be valuable to another team. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, I think we should have traded him just because he's just rotting, and the, I guess the taxi squad is what they're calling it. But I'll tell you what, his rookie year, I believe it was 2018, uh, where it was him, Otani, and Torres battling out, I honestly think, not just because I'm a biased Yankees fan, but – I think if you look at the numbers, or and Duhar should have run rookie of the year over Otani. 
Yeah, I don't even think Otani like played enough for him to really like give. For me, I wouldn't give Otani the edge over those two guys just based on how much he played. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at now, this day and age, uh, obviously back in the early 1900s, a little later than that, the pitcher outfielder position was common. But nowadays, it's not common at all. I mean, you only have a handful of people that can play pitcher and in the field while hit. I mean, it is valuable. Now, I have to ask you this, and this is like my new question to Yankees fans. Why do are the Yankees always hurt? If I knew the answer, I would tell you. I mean, is it the training staff? Is it bad luck or the baseball gods like not giving you, you know, a pass? Like, I don't know. I mean, this year we got a whole new training staff. Um, I think we fired everyone except for Larry. No, that was the pitching coach. Um, but it, it has to do with something uh, with how strong these. I mean, if you look at Aaron Judge, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, Chapman, I mean, these guys are huge. I mean, 0% body fat, they're like 6'5", lean. I mean, I just think it's something that they're too physique where they're getting injured because of that. Well, I think – I don't know if they're overweight per se, but I think they might be a little heavy, especially for their positions. I mean, they're 6'6 outfielders for one thing, uh, Judge and Stan. Yeah. And what would you say? They're like 230, 240? Yeah, right around there, maybe 250. Yeah, so like they're tanks. Maybe they need to slim down a little bit because mostly for them it's lower body injuries. Am I am I correct on that one? Yes. Um, that's the, like I think they both have hamstring injuries, um, which is weird because, I mean, hamstrings – well, typically once you get one hamstring injury, it's going to continue to follow, follow. It's with a lot of other injuries and in past with other players. But I think – I think honestly if they – Oh, this is weird to say if they just stopped working out as much, which is hard to tell someone that is big of a person. Yeah. And then they're in that position. I mean, I don't know, maybe more mobility training. I, I have no idea. I'm not the person that talk about when it comes to, you know, strength and conditioning or anything like that. But it has been sad over the last two years. I mean, last year the Yankees won hundred games with the most injuries ever. Yeah. Which is crazy, but and I picked Judge to win MVP before the year even started. So, like, he was on that path until he got hurt. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, I, I, my, I told some friends that I thought Stanton was going to win it. And both Judge and Stanton looked pretty well to start the year, but they're doing nothing now. So. But, like, I think you guys can make it to the World Series if you're fully healthy. Oh, I believe that as well. Um, it's going to be really tough now. Like, the Rays got better and – well – it's funny, the Rays have so many injuries this year, and they're still playing really well. Yeah, they're – the way they have built their bullpen, either through trading um, or their prospects, has been absurd. I mean, I think last year what they did is they invented the opener. Um, not invented it, but they used it more often than years past. Uh, and I think the Rays are so analytical um, that has helped them just because they're not on the money side of baseball, such as the Yankees, Phillies, the White Sox, the Cubs. I mean, all these big-name teams and big-team markets. Yeah, exactly. And now, speaking of other, you know, low-market teams that are winning, the A's, man, the A's look good. Oh, they've been – I don't know what they've been doing. I mean, unless they might be doing Moneyball 2.0. I haven't really looked into it. But 
I know we're going to get into it later, but they're one of the most surprising teams this year again. Yeah, they added Tommy LaStella, and uh, they added another bullpen arm. Uh, I forget who it was. Or no, they, also, they added they added uh, Mike Miner to their uh, bull, their uh, rotation. Yeah, and they also um, I was surprised at how good their bullpen is this year. Um, they let a big name go. I think it was Blake Trinan. Trinan. Yeah, Trinan. Yeah, he's with the Dodgers. Uh, now. To the Dodgers now, which I found very surprising because he was good in years past. But their closer now, so bad with names of the teams that I don't watch. But I think their closer was one back to back closer of the month. Oh, Liam Hendricks, right? Yes. Liam Hendricks, yeah. Yeah, he's insane. Australian guy too. Only I think he might be the only Australian player in the league at the moment. Yeah, it's those are rare. If they're not from this side of the continent. Exactly. So uh, you're not so much of a basketball fan, right? Um, no. I mean, I've been watching the playoffs here and there when there's nothing else to watch. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know I'm a big uh, Sixers fan. Um, Sixers got swept in the playoffs. But not pretty. Um, I, I might retire as a Sixers fan. Dude, the process has failed. Well, that's not true. The process worked until Elton Brand got in the front office. Yeah, they made some questionable moves um, this past offseason, and it'll be interesting what they do. What do you think they'll do this offseason, or what do you want them to do? Well, I, for me, apparently we were going to be getting Tyron Lue as our head coach. I don't know how that's going to be because technically LeBron was the coach of that uh, NBA championship team, not Tyron Lue. So we'll see how that goes. Me personally, I want Al Horford to get traded. Because I feel like, one, his contract is really bad. Two, he hasn't been very valuable for us. And I just feel like maybe we can get something for him. I just can't have him on my team. And why are we paying a guy $100 million plus as a backup center? That's my So, who would you rather – I mean, this might be a silly question, but I don't know too much about basketball. I I know the logistics, but would you rather have Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid? Dude, I've been thinking about that far for a while, and I think I've settled on keeping Joel Embiid finally. Uh, reason being is, yeah, he's hurt, but Ben Simmons pretty is pretty injury prone. Yeah, exactly. Ben Simmons is always hurt, and he doesn't have a jump shot. When Joel Embiid is probably the best center in the game, it's like I don't want to get rid of the best center in the game. Not, no disrespect to Ben Simmons, but if I had just had to pick one, I'd probably pick Embiid. Just put a bunch of shooters around him. Yeah. Like, if we had Chris Paul instead of Ben Simmons, the Sixers would be a way better team. I think what the Sixers should have done is uh, kept J.J. Redick. I know, I know. Well, we were going to – well, so we wanted Jimmy Butler, right? Yeah. And Jimmy Butler basically left because he didn't want Brett Brown as our head coach, and he didn't like Brett Brown, so that's the main reason why he left. And he actually confirmed that on J.J. Redick's podcast. And basically, J.J. – for the same reason left as well so and we offered jimmy the max yeah i don't know man it'll be interesting to see jimmy's lighting up in uh, miami right now i'll tell you dude, that dude i know i know that that heat team is exciting to watch dude they're up two nothing against the bucks dude, with harrow duncan robinson dude Jim- they could they could go to the finals <laughs> like yeah i mean i th- i honestly think if they beat um the Bucks. I I don't think Boston can really stop them. I mean, I know I'm pretty much throwing Toronto in the water, but they haven't been impressive either. No, they haven't been impressive. Like I understand. I mean, the they, first round they did, but but I mean they're playing the Nets. 
who has nobody right now. No KD, no Kyrie. Speaking of that, because you're a New York guy, would you rather root for the Nets or the Knicks? I know you're not a big basketball guy, but if you had to pick one. Well, if last year didn't happen with all the signings, uh, I think the common answer is the Knicks. Um, but I think the Knicks are such a dumpster fire, um, all the way leading back to their owner. Um, I just think until they blow it all up, instead of keep trying to win after year after year, um, I think right now I would say the Nets. But yeah. Yeah. I will not lose sleep on who wins or who loses. Yeah, I'm kind of terrified of the Nets next year because, yeah. I mean, well, for one thing, Steve Nash is now the head coach, which is kind of out of – That's I thought it was a questionable hire. Dude, he has no head coaching experience. I'm like, how? How is he – how? I think he knows more – I know he was I know he's a Hall of Fame basketball player, but I know he uh, – I think he'd be a better soccer coach than a basketball coach. That's, that's true. That's I know, just my opinion. I know he's insane at soccer. I, I'll i make a prediction. I don't think he'll last his full contract with the Nets. That's a bold prediction. But I like, with, It's a three-year deal. Yeah. But, like, now the Nets will have KD and Kyrie come back. The only thing I have about the Nets is there's not enough ball to go around because you got two very ball-dominant players. Plus, yeah. uh, plus Jared Allen. Plus, you have Karis Levert. Levert. Yep. Sp- uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's probably going to go somewhere else because I think he's a free agent this year. And then it's just like you're so ball dominant. I just don't know how much ball can go around. And if they want to get Bradley Beal in a trade, it's going to be three ball dominant guards. So it's like, who knows, man? Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if they have their pick this year because I know in basketball people trade picks like it's French fries. I mean, everyone has either everyone has them or no, they don't. I mean, I do think they need a trade for a pure, a pure shooter. I mean, they have Joe Harris, but I mean, it's Joe Harris. I mean, Joe Harris compared to Tyler Harrow or Duncan Robinson or anyone else in the East. Yeah. All right, so now we're basically past the halfway point of the Major League Baseball season. So let's just talk about everything that's happened in the first half of the year that I find significant. So to start out, we almost had the season basically end thanks to the coronavirus. The Marlins had, what, 20 confirmed cases or something like that? Yeah, up and down everywhere. We had so many teams that, like, had to get their schedules bumped back because of this. You know, the Marlins had their their whole, you know – ordeal when they had 20 guys out and somehow they're still winning they're like 500 now yeah which is insane i know marte they just traded for sterling marte yeah i know god and it's like i would totally think they were going to be sellers at the trade deadline and they weren't i don't know but what did they really have to sell yeah we'll get to that in a second uh so we had that the cardinals had to play like or they have to play like 37 games in like 30 days because of their whole coronavirus outbreak. That's crazy, man. Yeah. As a baseball player, I'd be so tired right now, especially if you're a position player. Um, I do think the seven inning games, the doubleheaders, um, they're really helping. Uh, one thing I hope they don't take from the seven innings is in seasons after this where there's 162 games. I just look at that more of a fan aspect other than playing aspect. So you're saying you don't want the seven-inning rule next year? Correct. Okay. 
You know what else I do not want personally is the runner on second with one out, right? Or is it runner on second with one out or zero outs? For no outs. No outs? I hate that. I agree, but I think when it gets to maybe the 12th or the 13th inning, they okay. should apply that. That I agree because when you get to those 12th and 13th innings, it's like, oh, just can the game just end? And I'm thankful. I, I'm glad they didn't even think of this, of having that in the postseason. Oh, they better not. Because, I mean, all you need is someone like um, Tyler Wade or, I don't know, the guy for the Phillies, the center fielder. Or Adam Hazley or Roman Quinn. Yeah, Roman Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> if you have one of those guys on second, I mean, if you have a deep enough fly ball in a certain ballpark, they could tag up from second. Yeah, I don't like that. So, next thing, the whole Joe Kelly ordeal with the Astros. I loved it, too. I'll be honest. Uh, I don't know if you remember, a couple years ago, Joe Kelly – had a, a brawl with the Yankees. and I do remember that. Tyler Alston. Yes. He's ever, the Japan League now. Um, ever since then, I he's been terrible. <laughs> uh, but I, I didn't like Joe Kelly at first. But I'll tell you, I think everyone besides Astro fans love Joe Kelly now. Yeah. like Joe Kelly, like, I mean, yeah, it was a little childish. But he basically said it's not cool. He was the first guy to actually, like, want to throw at guys for what they were doing. And his reaction has probably became the meme of the year for the Major League Baseball season. Yeah. A whiny I, face. <laughs> but, bro, he got suspended for eight games. That's that's a lot. I mean, I th- I think it's a little overboard. I mean, yes, he tried to hit him on purpose, but he didn't hit him. Yeah, and I think eight games out of 60 is compared to, like, 32 out of Something like that, which is outrageous. Especially for a relief pitcher in a short season where they're trying to get reps – and then we had another Astros confrontation with the whole Loriano incident. That was that was fun to watch. I mean, Loriano just showed no fear. Um, obviously, I don't think it had to do with anything with the cheating. Um, I believe it was the bench coach said something about Loriano's mother, which is a cheap shot. But um, I think Loriano did the right thing, in my opinion. And you're, yeah, I mean, I don't think he should have ran at the guy. But then again, he, he wanted him to run at him. Luckily, the uh, the bench coach got like 20 games or something. which was And low. the bench coach ducked behind two players, which is questionable. Yeah, mind. I do. Come on, man. <laughs> like, I hated that. But good yeah. for Loriano. And he got suspended for like six games, right? Five, six? Yeah, and he's, he's a fun player to watch as well. He's killing it right now, isn't he? I believe so. And he has one of the best arms in the league. Question, does he have the, does he have the best arm in center field? No. Who do you think has the best arm? Um, well, he doesn't. Well, are you saying center field or in the outfield? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say center fielders. Okay, center field, yes. Okay. I think him and Mike Trout. I mean, are one A, one B. Yeah, I, I agree. But I'll tell you what. Growing up, obviously, he hasn't really played the last three years. Yoan uh, Cespedes. That's a good one. Um, I remember the throw specifically from uh, the A's versus the Angels. Yeah, and he threw out Trout at home. Corner, no cutoff man on the fly. Um, yeah. That, that throw was nasty. Aaron Judge got a really good arm as well. He is a very underrated defensive player. Um, for his defensive side, I think he's not necessarily overhyped, but he has a lot of attention when it comes to his offensive abilities. Yeah, and I believe Aaron Hicks had a really good arm until he had that uh, ACL – or not ACL. Uh, what is it, rotator cuff injury? Uh, Tommy John. 
Tommy John? Okay, yeah. He's actually the first player to ever have Tommy John the previous season and not miss a single game the year the season after. That's kind of insane. But uh, he's he's one of my least favorite players on the Yankees. <laughs> well, he's hitting like a buck ninety at this point. And he's getting paid twenty million dollars. So. Yeah. Is he a free agent this year or next year? I, w- I wish he was. I'd, I'd rather them. I'd rather they trade him um, for someone like um, Neil Walker. I kind of like Neil Walker though. He had three hits for us last night. He was good on the Yankees in uh, 2018. Yeah, U- utility guy, man. Disco Neil. Oh, that's another thing. Why I was surprised during the trade deadline that you guys didn't try and get an outfielder. Um, because when we're healthy. We already have so many outfielders. I mean, to almost name all of them, I mean, the starting, you have Aaron Judge, Stanton, and Hicks. Mm-hmm. I like Clint Frazier a lot, by the way. Oh, I, I'm thankful we didn't trade him. I mean, one, he has probably the coolest cleats in the major leagues. He's just got, like, the most swag, like, out of most people in the league at this point, you know? I, I agree. Um, and he's honestly turned around this last year. Now that he's gotten playing time, his defensive abilities have skyrock- skyrocketed. Yeah. Don't be shocked if Stan never gets traded and he becomes like your next DH. I'll be happy if Stan's traded. I know it's a bold statement, but I don't think anyone should be getting paid that much money. Well, you can blame the Marlins on that one. <laughs> yeah. But when he was with the Marlins, I mean, that was entertaining. It was great to watch. Yeah. So let's talk about some positives during the year. Uh, Lucas Giolito with the no-hitter. That was not necessarily surprising because of how good of a year he had last year. Mm-hmm. I believe coming into this year, he wasn't as sharp as people were predicting. But not to take anything away from the no-hitter, I know he threw it against the Pirates who have been dreadful this year. Um, but it's no easy uh, feature to throw a no-hitter any any stage of life. No, not at all. And, you know, Giolito, like, it's a pretty cool story he had because I believe uh, in 2018 he was, like, dead last in ERA. He was also – he was traded, I believe, from the Nationals for Adam Eaton. Huh, okay. Just crazy because, I mean, just think of Giolito on that rotation when it's healthy. Exactly. But, like, he, Giolito made some minor adjustments in, in 2019. He really broke out. And now this year, he, he has the possibility to be a Cy Young candidate. So, like, good for him, you know? Yeah. It's a pretty good, cool story to see. Good for the White Sox, too. I mean, uh, if you think of him and Michael Kopech, if he ever gets in, uh, healthy, that is going to be one of the best one-two punches in the league. Yeah, plus you got Dane Dunning. Uh, yep. I'm trying to think who else do they got in their rotation. I know they have Dallas Keuchel and Gio Gonzalez, which would have been good five years ago. But Gio Gonzalez actually, like, recently has pitched pretty well for them. The White Sox, I mean, obviously they made a lot of moves um, this past year. But I think if they continue on the right path, they'll be one of the best teams in the American League for the next 10, 15 years. Yeah, and Luis Robert will win an MVP one of these days. I mean, he's going to win Rookie of the Year. Oh, absolutely. And then Eloy Jimenez is also very fun to watch. And Moncada has kind of, like, broke out. So is uh, Jose Abreu. I know he's taken a step back the last two or three years, but... He's, like, he's one of the best first basemen in the league next to Luke Voigt. I was going to talk about him next, yeah. <laughs> Dude, Luke Voigt is insane. He, he, looks like, he looks like he belongs in New York. 
Yeah, it's a good it's a good place for him. And you know, it's funny. Me and my cousin were talking about this because he's a Yankees fan. We were talking about how he might not even be in, in like on the team with like because he didn't play that great last year, and this year he's just a monster. Yeah, in the ALCS, he wasn't even on the roster. Yeah, exactly. So, but he leads. He's tied for the league in home runs. Now he's taking that first baseman mantle, like taking that from when Teixeira was your first baseman. Yeah, I think he also leads the league in uh, OPS with the 1.072. Yeah, um, yeah, good for him. He's like a top five, you know, you know, MVP candidate at the moment. If he stays healthy, yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So another pretty interesting thing during the year was the Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, 3-0 count home run being up seven. Okay, for one thing, he's a monster, and he's going to be one of the faces of the league going forward. But what are your thoughts on that unwritten rule? I don't think it really should be an unwritten rule. I mean, a 3-0 count, and you throw a meatball, you should hit it out. Exactly. First off, don't get don't get to a 3-0 count in the first place, and then don't throw it right down the middle. And I mean, I, I think he's tied for the league in home runs now um, at a shortstop position, which is pretty much unheard of. Yeah. I know the game is changing a lot, but um, I, I think the Rangers are wrong for that, for saying it was, oh, they shouldn't have done that. I mean, and blaming, oh, he's young. I mean, I think anyone at that position would have swung at that pitch. Exactly. And the Rangers are bad anyway, so I don't understand why they're trying to complain about a game that they probably weren't going to win anyway. Yeah. So. That team is also fun to watch, the Padres. Oh, dude, Padres, dude, they scored big in the trade deadline. They're one of the best teams in the National League at the moment, and they're young. Yep. You know what Fernando Tatis reminds me of? He reminds me of of a young Troy Tulowitzki. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah. not he's He's got more speed, but, like, the hitting and the fielding are very similar. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's – it's crazy what he's going to do in the next 10, 15 years of his career. Yeah. So he stays healthy. Yeah. So like, is there any other unwritten rules that you just don't like? Our point even know the unwritten rules. I mean, yeah, there's some stuff that you know what to do and what not to do. I do think one of the unwritten rules that should be in there is you should hit someone after they have a crazy bad flip. No, dude, you know what? I disagree. And I'll tell you why. Dude, bad flips make the game so much more exciting. If you're so mad about someone bat flipping on you, throw a better pitch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Um, but I, I love bat flips, I'll be honest. But there's one thing about showing up someone that I think is maybe not called for. Well, well I think there's a difference between bat flipping and then showing, you know, showing up a pitcher. So, like, what, what would you consider? Would you say Tim Anderson's bat flip last year, I believe, against the Royals? That's showing up a pitcher. Okay, that's what I'm saying. But like Max Muncy off of Bumgarner a couple years ago, that's that was not, entertaining. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That's the difference. But yeah. I feel like pitchers are so get so butt hurt now when they give up home runs. It's like just get over it. I mean, it's whatever. I think CC Sabathia said that on a podcast. Uh, I think it was called RTC Two, um, where he he doesn't get mad if people show him up because it was his fault. But I I do think if you show up a pitcher like throwing the bat into the dugout, basically, I think that's when you should be hit. One thing I really despise is the uh, the Juan Soto crotch grab. I hate oh, that. I agree. I hate that. I would throw at him every time he did it. Yes. Yeah, I don't think it's called for. No. 
and I don't understand why it's gotten as big as it is and people are saying this is great for baseball. It's, it's, it's the Soto shuffle. No, it's a, a crotch grab. Yeah. All right, so let's transition into the boycotting of uh, MLB baseball at one point. So we know the story about Jacob Blake uh, getting shot seven times. First off, why is this guy getting shot seven times? Of course, this got. Of course, this took place doing Kenosha, Wisconsin. Now this guy is paralyzed, and he was handcuffed while he was in the hospital. That has been like that's a whole other ordeal issue. Shouldn't have happened. Back to the whole, you know, the same stuff we were talking about a month ago with the whole um, George Floyd incident. It's basically, one of the same things. It's like, why can't stuff like this, like the stuff like this, just shouldn't happen? You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I mean. I do agree with the boycotting. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. A great first step. I mean, what else could they do besides boycotting the games? Yeah. And I'm talking about more of the, the sports world. I do think – I like how the NBA took steps first because um, right now, I think numbers-wise, the NBA is the most watched sports thing going on right now. Yeah, yeah, in America, yeah. Um, so I do think that was a great first step. What's going on? Yeah, good for the Milwaukee Bucks stepping up for that yes. one. Yes, and then good, good for the Brewers who who were the first team to really step up uh, for in Major League Baseball. Like that definitely should have happened. And I and I really hope that this whole you know social injustice movement and this whole Black Lives Matter movement gets better because it just needs to as a you know of a as an a society. society. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, so like I said. Teams boycotted. Basically, there were no games, both in the NBA and Major League Baseball. That entire what, was it the next day, right? It was the next I day. Think the next two days, because I think I know the WNBA and the NHL also did it. Okay, yeah. So and that the, happened. I know the NHL didn't do it right away, but they followed it. I think a day after. Okay, yeah. So basically, every sports organization did that, and then Jackie Robinson Day comes around. The Mets and the Marlins did a really cool tribute of the 42-second moment of silence. I think that was a cool thing. And then they put those shirts on the batter's box of uh, Jackie's number, and then they put the Black Lives Matter shirt and home plate. I thought that was super cool. Like, yes, it was, it was very um, chilling. It was a chilling moment. Yeah, like that's a way you bring awareness to the issue. I agree. Yeah, like that. that's cool. And now what was the story after that? Did they not play that day as well? Or did they play like an hour later? I forget what happened. They didn't play that day. Um, I believe Rob Manfred tried to suggest that they do that and then play an hour later. Okay. But I, I agree with the Mets and the Marlins saying, no, we're not going to do that. We're oh, just- yeah. Didn't the Mets uh, – They leaked a, a call of it. Yes. Which one is illegal? And and two, like that's was it the owner that said that? I think it was the owner and the GM, but it's, yeah, like that's bad. I'm not necessarily surprised. Like just the owners, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> so that so we get we get to the trade deadline. Uh, some teams made moves, some teams didn't. Uh, I'd say the Padres are the overwhelming favorite when it came to the trade deadline. I have to agree with that. I mean. Like the number of moves they made, not just that, the positions that they improved first off with the catcher position mm-hmm. with getting um, Austin Nola and I think that was his name. Yeah. And then Jason Castro from the Angels. I mean, 
they got not the two best catchers in the league, but two really solid catchers. Solid pieces that they needed. Uh, they also improved their bullpen, which that never really will hurt your team. No. Who you are. And especially then, especially now with the whole coronavirus happening. Yeah. And then to put the cherry on top, getting Clevenger. I mean, it's sad to see what happened with him and the Indians, but that is a great – trade right there. I honestly think the Indians really didn't want him and because the Indians starting pitching is so good that they basically got rid of an older guy to put in a younger guy who's almost as name, good. Yeah, McKenzie, I think is his name. And you he, got McKenzie, you got Savali, and then Plesak, Plesak, Bieber, and Carrasco. Like, those yeah. five is a really good rotation. Uh, I would say the Phillies are a winner in the trade deadline just because we got what we needed. We got a lot of bullpen guys. David Phelps mm-hmm. had like a 2.47 uh, like ERA, and then his case per nine were really good. And the first game he pitched for the Phillies, he struck out two guys in an inning. So I'm like, all right, I like this guy. Workman's a little shaky. Um, Heath Hembry gave up a home run that almost blew the game one time. Uh, we got David Hale from the Yankees. That was a great trade by y'all. Really? I believe so. I agree, yeah. You like David Hale? I don't know, man. I mean, obviously, if you look at the Yankees' bullpen, I mean, you're going to have your favorites. Um, but he's been there the last two or three years for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. F8 or whatever he comes back, he pitched pretty well. Yeah, I would say uh, along with those two teams, the A's were winners in the trade deadline with getting, you know, like we mentioned, Mike Miner. Uh, with getting Tommy LaStella, those are big pickups for those guys. But you know what was really weird is a lot of the teams who are in contention for the World Series this year didn't really make moves. Teams like the Yankees, the Braves, the Dodgers, the Astros. I did find that weird. I mean, if you look at – well, maybe not the Astros because, one, I despise of them. (laughs) And, two, I really don't know what's going on with their pitching. I mean – I know they have Zach Greinke, and then after that, they might. I know they have Ryan Presley. Obviously, the Dodgers didn't need to make a move, and the Braves. I thought they were going to trade for starting pitching, which I think is going to come back to bite them. Yeah, especially like Soroka's out for the year with the Achilles injury. You only got Max Fried, and who else? Yeah, like, like the Tommy Malone trade, I guess was all right. But then again, he gave up like eight runs against the Phillies, and we almost came back and beat the Braves after the Braves were up ten to nothing. So, yeah, I'm I'm surprised that, like you said, none of those teams, including the Yankees. I mean, I'm not surprised there, but the other teams didn't make any moves. Well, I think in those teams' minds that they have all the pieces, they just need to be healthy by that time. Yeah, I mean, and if you look at the Dodgers, the last what three years, they made some big trades: uh, Manny Machado, Hugh Darvish. Uh, just to name a few at the deadline, um, and those never really paid off for them in the to win the World Series. So maybe they're looking at it from a different aspect, like, hey, our team is going to get us there. We're going to win with that team. Yeah, but you could debate. This is maybe the best Dodgers team in the past five years. I think if you had Mookie to any team, it'll be one of the best teams. Exactly. And now with them signing Mookie, and when once they sign Bellinger, it's like you got two of the best players in the league for the next five-plus years. It's like – and the thing about Bellinger is he could play pretty much any position besides anywhere on the left side of the infield. I mean, obviously he's not going to play second, but he could play first in all the outfield positions. Exactly. And that team is loaded in the outfield and at first base. I mean, he and he's also 
in my opinion, I think he's one of the best swings in the league. Yeah, he's having a bit of a down year right now, but I think he'll pick it up eventually. And it's good to have someone who, you know, won a World Series and Mookie to kind of give more to the Dodgers than what Bellinger did in the playoffs for them. Mm-hmm. And I don't see Kershaw being nearly as bad as he's been in the playoffs finally because he's actually having a really good year right now. That and their, their starting rotation, him, Bueller, um, Gosselin, Dustin May. I mean, yeah. I they're going to be good for years to come. Yeah. So the final thing let's talk about, it's a big topic that's been going on recently, is the Rays and the Yankees sort of scuffle that they've had. I need to know your thoughts on that one since you've probably watched what's been going on. I mean, it dates back to, I believe, 2018, uh, where one of the players hit Austin Romine on purpose. And then CC Sabathia came back and retaliated. And it stated all the way back to then. I do think, personally, since I'm a Yankees fan, I think the Rays are trying to make it more public to get more attention. It's, I mean, yeah, the Rays are one of the best teams in the league right now, but nobody watches them. You know, that's that's interesting you say that. I never really thought about that, like bringing more attention to their team, but go ahead. Um, but I think it is being a bit blown out of proportion. I, I didn't agree with Kevin Cash's statement. Um, for a couple of things he said that he called the Yankees, like, bad coaching for throwing at players on purpose. And then I think right after that he said they haven't done that on purpose since 2018 when they he admitted that they hit him on purpose. I think I think Cash was telling the truth in that aspect. I didn't agree with that their coach is telling them to throw at well, obviously Tanaka Tanaka's was obvious. Tanaka I, was ninety miles an hour. I mean, that's still fast, but Yeah, it's like that should have been over. I did not agree with what Chapman did at the end of the game. I understand oh, yeah. like like you're throwing hundred and one at a guy's head. Like you're you trying should to kill him. Yeah, it's like no, nah, yeah. And then he threw high and in to he really I think he was trying to hit him and he just missed. But he was trying to throw into what was it, Meadows and Wendell, and it's like, bro, why But if you look at that whole sequence at the top of the ninth, I mean almost every pitch that he threw was high and inside. Which I mean he is only a five three lead, I believe it was, and the Yankees were two and a half or three and a half games back at that moment. I honestly don't think yes, it looked like he tried to hit him on purpose and I still think it's wrong. But in hindsight, if you look at all the logistics of the wins, uh, where the Yankees are, and how bad they need wins. Yeah. I don't necessarily – all of those were on purpose to hit them. No, like I – but see, yeah, now as I think about it, I think really he also tried to throw high and inside. Which, but I think on the last one, he's like, F it, I'm just going to hit the guy. Oh, yeah. I don't I, – I'm fine with both teams throwing high and in to keep them honest. But I don't agree. I don't agree with A, Chapman throwing at the guy, and B, I don't agree with Kevin Cash saying, okay, I got a bunch of bullpen guys who throw 98 high and in. Like, yeah, that. Don't say that. Like, come on. Everything else you said, I agree with. But that, nah, you can't say that. I agree. Yeah. So who do you think is going to win the World Series this year? Or do you, um, have a, do you have an idea of who do you think has a chance? Like, what are the teams you think have a good chance of doing it? The Dodgers. Um, I, I honestly, I think it's pretty much just the Dodgers. It's the Dodgers to either win or lose. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I think everyone coming in this year thought it was going to be the Dodgers or the Yankees. Um, it all just depends on the Yankees' injuries and if their bullpen ever figures it out. 
Yeah, I mean, if the Yankees are healthy, I I believe that they're going to go to the World Series. And what's crazy about the Dodgers is I didn't think they were going to be as good as they are. And, like, their bullpen is better than I thought they were going to be. I knew their offense was going to be insane. But their their bullpen has been good. So the A's – That's what's been missing the last couple of years. Uh, Their bullpen has been very disappointing for the Dodgers. Yeah, now all these guys that the Dodgers were banking on before, like Blake Trinan, Pedro Baez, Kelly Jansen's had a bounce back year. It's like, those guys are stepping up. Yeah. Yeah. So I picked the A's as my sleeper team to win the whole thing, which which looks really good right now. And, like, it'd be cool to see a low-market team win the whole thing. I agree. I mean, it'll be good for baseball. Yeah, exactly. I want the Phillies to win. Don't think it's going to happen. I think we're like a year – or two away. We need more pieces, especially in the bullpen. And, yeah. And maybe another outfielder. Don't know yet. So we'll see. Um, did you consider the Phillies like a high market team? I don't think they're high market. I feel like they're like mid hey, to high mid market teams. I think when you're paying someone 300 million. That's true. That's true. But we spaced it out for 13 years. Yeah, I mean, but I think if you think of the big cities in America, I mean, obviously we're looking at a different aspect. We talk about cities, but if you think of like, I, I would consider the Phillies a high market team. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. So now let's move on to our the ties top five segment. So we're going to pick, we actually have two top five topics today. So the first one we're going to do is our top five most surprising players for the season so far. So who do you have at your number five spot as one of your most surprising players? Uh, Teoscar Hernandez from the Blue Jays. Okay. Um, mostly because he's been all over the place throughout his career. Um, but he's, he's slating 12 home runs so far this year, which is one behind the lead um, with a 985 OPS, which is crazy. So at number five for me, I have Hanser Alberto from the Baltimore Orioles. He's so far he's hitting 321. He's got 45 hits on the year, 14 extra base hits. He's like a weird combination of he actually doesn't walk a lot, but he gets on base a lot based on his hits. And what's crazy is he hits like the ball, he hits the ball very early and counts like he's like he'll see like two or three pitches and get hits. So, and you know, he's one of those guys who's helped the Orioles this year and plus he's he has a solid glove as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, who do you got at number four? I have you, Darvish. Good one. Um, he's 6-1 and one this year with the 1.47 ERA. Dude, he's been allowed seven runs and seven starts with eight walks. Dude, that's insane. And I, I know he's on a big contract, but let's be honest, you really haven't heard of you, Darvish, this good since he was in Texas when Texas made it to the World Series. Exactly. But, uh, no, I like you, Darvish. And, you know, he's in the running for Cy Young this year. Yes, it's, it's, it's good to see him back. Yeah. So, at my number four, I have Mike Yastrzemski. Uh, he's got a two ninety eight average. He got 42 hits, 23 extra base hits. He's got 25 walks. He has an on-base percentage of four eleven. He has a slugging percentage of, uh, of .603. He's one of those surprising players. Like, we knew he was going to be good, but this is the year he really stepped up. Plus, he's part of that Giants team that's kind of in that rebuild mode, but he's part of that young core that's going to, you know, go forward for the Giants. So, that, and when you have that kind of a last name, 
I mean, you expect him to be really good. I and mean, he looks exactly like his, I believe it was his grandfather, right? Yeah, his grandfather. Yeah. Yeah, Red Sox legend. I don't know if you like that, but. I love the last name. It's a fun name to say. It is a fun name. But, nah, he's a good player. And I, he is a lot of pressure for having that last name, and I think he's taking it very well. Yes. Yeah. All right, so who do you got at number three? Well, I know I'm a Yankees fan, but honestly, Luke Voigt, because uh, he's honestly surprising me. Um, like you said earlier, he struggled last year, uh, near the end of the year. But, I mean, he has 13 home runs, which leads the team in tied for the league. Uh, but to do that um, after last year, I mean, he's basically filling in Judge's spot, which is a big spot to fill in. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he, he leads the league in OPS. And he has a 709 slugging percentage as of last night. So, shout out to my cousin. Uh, he he looks like Luke Voigt in a way. So I always call Luke Voigt his dad, and he like agrees with me. So, but no, nah, Luke Voigt like he's had a really good year. So props to him. Yes. At my number three, I have Donovan Solano. This is the second baseman from the Giants. So I got another Giants player on here. Okay. He's he's hitting 331. With 40 hits, 14 extra base hits, and has an OPS of like of 849. Now, this is a guy who I never heard of, right? I've never heard of him either. Now he comes up and for the Giants. Last year he had a pretty like solid year, but like before then, when he was in the league for like four or five years, like he wasn't very good. And he just has this breakout year where he's one of the Giants' best players. I understand the Giants aren't very good this year. But, again, like him and Mikey Shremsky, those two are like the young core that's going to make, you know, this Giants organization better in the future. So, got him at number three. Uh, for number two, I mean, obviously, probably everybody who's going to listen to this have heard of this name, Shane Bieber. I mean, yep. last year he was a – I believe he made it to the All-Star game. But uh, if you look at what – All-Star game MVP. Yes. And if you look at who he's replaced as the number one starter in Cleveland – I mean, he 6-0 with the 1.20 ERA with 84 strikeouts and 52 innings pitch. That's crazy. And I think it's his Cy Young to lose. Yeah. He's the new – like, think about it. He's the, he's the ace of the Indians. He replaces Corey Kluber, uh, Trevor, Bauer. Trevor Bauer, and Clevenger. It's kind of insane that he's able yeah. to take this role and be their ace. So. Now nah, I agree with that. So I have a pitcher at number two as well. I have Dylan Bundy up there. That's a good pick. He he is a 2.47 ERA with a whip of .939. He's got around 9.7 Ks per nine and only allows .8 home runs per nine. This is a guy who was with the Orioles for about four years, and this was supposed to be the Orioles' like ace of the future. Didn't really work out. He gets he gets to Los Angeles the Angels, and now he's amazing, and he's been one of the best pitchers of the year so far. So I got Dylan Bundy at number two. That's one person I was surprised that didn't get traded during the trade deadline. Correct. That's a – yep. Um, for number one uh, is Kyle Lewis. I know he's I know he's a rookie, um, but coming into this year, I mean, I know prospects are a lot of teams pretty well, but I never really heard of Kyle Lewis before. Yeah, I didn't really hear, hear of him either, to be honest with you. Um, but he's batting 328 uh, with the 9.945 OPS and a war of 1.6 for only playing in the league for, what, 35 games maybe. Um, it's probably already a lockdown for rookie of the year. Well, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that. I mean, 
I had it, well him him and Robert. It's like those two are in the running. They'll give it to Robert because of the name. Mm-hmm. But I think any other year, Kyle Lewis would win Rookie of the Year. Yeah, but that is my biggest surprising player of the year. Okay, my biggest surprise of the year at number one, I have Jesse Winker. He he is he is hitting a three fourteen. He's got ten home runs. He's got a four nineteen on base percentage. He's got a six fifty seven slugging percentage and an OPS of one point zero seven six. This guy became the Reds' best play offensive player this year, just out of the blue. And you think of all the talent that the Reds have offensively, and a lot of those guys really haven't stepped up this year. He's currently their best hitter. Yeah, he's been more of a DH for them. But with the stats he's put up, I don't think you'd expect that from Jesse Winker. With the struggling Reds team, which might be on the come up after some acquisitions they made, they made. And that's, be, they've been a disappointing team this year. Yeah, so they're going to be one of those teams that could pick it up now and get into the playoffs, and it's because of this guy. So that's why I have him at number one. Yeah, if they get hot and sneak into the playoffs, they're a dangerous team to watch because. I mean, especially going into the first round where it's a three-game te- three playoff, mm-hmm. uh, that is a dangerous team. Now think about it. What if – think about it. If the Reds get the eighth seed and they play the Dodgers, think about it. Game one, you got probably Bueller versus uh, Trevor Bauer. Yep, and then Gray versus uh, Herschel. Exactly. So, like, it yeah. wouldn't shock me. Like, the Reds could be a team that could knock off a top team if they go to the playoffs. And they they also have the offense with uh, Castellanos, Falvado, uh, Winkler, Iwenio mm-hmm. um, Suarez. I mean, that's that could be a dangerous team if they just pick it up. Exactly. So now let's move on to our top five surprising teams of the major league season. This could be either good teams or bad teams. So who do you have at number five? I have the Toronto Blue Jays. Okay. Um, obviously, their record right now is not – Amazing. I think they're right around 500. But coming into the year with a couple of question marks, uh, one being where they're going to play. Mm-hmm. I just think they're very surprising with Teoscar Hernandez leading. I mean, very exciting up and coming team with uh, Nate Pearson starting pitching, uh, Bobachet, Biggio, uh, Vlad Jr. Uh, I, I just, I, they're more surprising just because of their record right now, um, especially playing in. The East. Yeah, I mean, well, I feel like the AL East really took a step back this year. Yeah, I mean, Red Sox and the – well, the Orioles aren't doing too bad either, but – No. And the Yankees. They are. I mean, even the Yankees kind of took a step back this year. I don't think – Yeah. But I think that's also because of injuries. Like, I can't take a huge, like, look at that and say, oh, the Yankees aren't having that good of a year. But, I mean – now, I like the Blue Jays, and they made some trade deadline acquisitions as well that really helped them. Yeah. So, do you think the Blue Jays will get into the playoffs? I think they're sitting at the eighth seed right now. I think they sneak in. Yeah. Because if I, I mean, if you think of anyone else in the in the American League, I mean, it's either them or the Orioles. I would think. I mean, yeah, I think it. I think it's either the Orioles or the Blue Jays, which is crazy to think about, but. Like, I think the Yankees and the Rays are a lock in the AL East. I think the Indians, the White Sox, and the Twins are a lock in the Central. And then I think the A's are definitely a lock in the uh, in the West. So are the Astros. And so, yeah, so are the Astros. So I think that AC, as of right now, it looks like the Blue Jays. I think the Blue Jays are the only, only other team that's over 500 or at least near 500. 
Yeah. So I feel like they, they are going to sneak in. So. Because, I mean, well, I mean, Detroit, they've been playing well. I think they've won six straight games as of today. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, they lost last night. but that, The Tigers will be my honorable mention for uh, this segment. Seattle, nowhere near. So, yeah, it's either Toronto, Detroit, or Baltimore. That's crazy how those three teams have a chance to make the playoffs this year. I understand that there's more teams in it, but that's still insane because those yeah, are three teams. Those are three teams that we thought were going to be in the bottom of the league. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So at my number five, I actually have the Angels. I didn't think they were going to be nearly as bad as they were this year. One, they have the best player in the world. We, yeah. I think we can agree on that. Yes. Otani has, again, is not pitching. He's strictly an outfielder, and even with that, he hasn't hit the ball well. Rendon has been underperforming. They just lost Tommy Lastella. I will say I David Fletcher's had a pretty good year for them. He's a, uh, an up-and-coming star. Um, and their, their starting pitching hasn't been very good. Besides Dylan Bundy, it's like not that much, and they're one of the worst teams in the American League right now. They need to figure out something to do with Pujols' contract. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, that is that's gonna affect them for the next couple of years that they have them. Yeah, I, do you have a problem with people signing those huge deals after the age of like thirty? Yes. Like um, the Phillies have an issue right now of trying to figure out how we're gonna sign JT Romuto because he's gonna be a thirty-one-year-old catcher by the time we get to free agency. I mean, if I think if they weren't doing as doing good this year, I think they could have traded him and got a boatload. Yeah which sounds crazy because Romuto is arguably the best catcher in the league right now. Mm-hmm. But that's when if do you bite the bullet and hope you win in the next three years in his prime, if not, you eat the rest of his contract and don't get anything from it. Well, I feel like the Phillies are, are being smart with how they're going to spend their money. They're not just blowing money on, on people. Like, think about it. We got Arietta off the books. If we don't sign JT, we got him off the books. A lot of, we got David Robertson off the books, which was a bad, which is just not a good signing. <laughs> he only does good in New York. He's, he's played six games for the Phillies in two years, and we're giving him like 15, 18. Not as, not as bad as Ellsbury. Oh, that contract is horrible. And you guys still win. Yeah. Dude. But uh, it's just like he's asking – JT's asking for like $23 million a year. It's like how can we give that to a 31-year-old catcher? That's like yeah. Joe. Ma- that's like Joe Mauer. Remember when Joe Mauer got money like that, and then by the time he was 33, 34, he he's a first baseman. Yeah, then he was just a DH because yeah. he shot. Yeah. So, yeah. So I got the Angels at number five. Uh, for number four, I mean, I know you have them as a sleeper pick, but I have the Ace. Okay. They have been very surprising, um, but the last two years. They've been a pretty good team out of the the West. I mean, um, I don't know if they – I don't think they – no, they, they lost in the wild card again last year. Mm-hmm. So, I think they actually lost three years. They might have lost in the wild card. Um, but for them to keep doing it with that money issue that they have with not having it, um, they're, they're still a surprising team to me. I think if the A's had a, had a true ace, that they would be amazing. I don't think any like even Manaya or Montes like I don't think those guys are true aces like I think they're they're a good two or a three option but that's I why I think they're hoping uh, I don't know if I think AJ Puck I don't know if he's a reliever or if he's a starting pitcher but I know uh, Lazardo 
Oh, dude, Lizardo has the potential to be an ace. If he could be that ace, that team could be really, really good. Yeah. So, but I like they got a chance to win the World Series this year. Yes. So I, I agree. agree with that. All right. For my number four team, I got the Red Sox. Dude, they're so bad. I, I think that warms your heart a little bit because you're a Yankees guy. Um, I love it. I wish it was 162 games so I could see them lose 100 games this year. Have you guys lost a game to them this year? You've played them 10 times, haven't you? Yeah. We, no, we haven't played them 10 times, but we are 6-0 and against them. Okay. Yep, makes sense. But uh, I think we've lost one game to them in the last two years. Yeah, that's kind of insane. I'm not going to lie. So It doesn't look like a rivalry anymore. No, it doesn't. I wish, I wish it would go back to the Red Sox and the Yankees being the two best teams in the AL East. No yeah. disrespect to the Rays. Like, I think the Rays are great, and I think what they're doing is amazing. But I guess for marketing purposes, I'd like to see the Red Sox and the Yankees be the two best teams in that division. And just to watch them play in the playoffs, like, I understand we got that, like, in 20, what was it, 2018, right? Yeah, I don't but, want to think about that. But, yeah, I know, I know. But literally since then, it's, like, not really been a rivalry. Yeah. So, but, you know, I thought the Phillies' bullpen was bad. The Red Sox' bullpen is even worse. Uh, it didn't help that Chris Sale was out. Uh, Red- they have Rod- no starting Rod- pitching. Yeah, Rodriguez is out. Uh, Traded Price. Yeah, Navoldi, he's, uh, he's not that good this year. Devers has underperformed. JD has underperformed. Benintendi's underperformed. Bogarts has looked good, though. That's their one bright spot. Well, I think Vasquez has looked pretty good as well. Yeah. Yeah, and even JBJ has looked solid, and I thought he was going to get traded. I, I hope they sign him long term. I mean, I hold I like JBJ more because uh, he played for Carolina. Yeah. Oh, Verdugo's having a good year as well. Yes, um, but yeah. he's not Mookie, so no, yeah, he's good. He, but I mean, he's got the potential to be an All Star caliber player. Yes, uh, but I don't. I wouldn't say that he's as he's not a franchise changing player that Mookie was. I will say if if JD Martinez like yeah he's had a down year but with MLB probably going to a universal DH it, he's going to be an even more valuable player going forward for them and that's why I hope the Yankees trade Stanton. So who do you got at number three? I have the Indians. Okay. Um, like we were saying earlier with Shane Bieber and who he replaced, um, that's hard to do. I mean, you have Kluber who's won a Cy Young. Exactly. Seventeen. Yes. Um, and then also replacing Trevor Bauer, who honestly, one of the most entertaining players in baseball, uh, from the media aspect. Um, and then I think you said replacing Clevenger is crazy. And I think this is Lindor's last year with them because they're not going to be able to pay him, but for them to continuously be good. I mean, I tip my hat, hat to Terry Francona, the job he's done there is crazy. Yeah, it's good to see he's healthy, by the way. I don't know how – this is the last year if – the, if the Indians do not win this year, this is going to be the last year that they're going to be good, I think. I think next year is the year they fall off. If they trade – or if, you know, Lindor is not going to sign back, he's going to go to some high market team. I don't, oh, dude, I hope not. Well, you guys got to sign so many guys this next year, correct? They always find a way to do it. I know because you guys have the most money in baseball. I hope they'll just they'll just up the price of baseball tickets. That that's like the one year where I thought Machado was going to go to the Yankees. Uh, yeah, we were supposed to get Machado and Harper that year. Yeah, well, we stole them from you guys, but he I, liked he liked the big, deal. 
I'm not the biggest fan of Harper. And I don't think Harper could handle New York. You know what's funny? I don't understand why people don't like Bryce Harper. He plays the game the right way. He plays hard. But, like, he has so much passion for the game. And he's actually a really good dude. I just don't understand. Oh, yeah, yeah I agree. He's a, he's a great dude. But he – I just – I still feel like he did Washington dirty. Hmm. But I that's, don't think – That's just the way I look at it. I mean, but, I'm not, but did you ever see the interview where the – the Nationals basically lowballed him in free agency. Um, yes, but didn't they offer him like three hundred million still? Yeah, but it was all backloaded. That's why he left. And he's like, okay, I just can't do that for my family, for my personal brand. Like, I just can't do that. I, I just, that's another like that you say that. I mean, that makes me look at him worse. To be honest, I mean, the way I look at it is, yes, these major league athletes spend all this time grinding to get paid millions upon millions of dollars. But if X amount is guaranteed and it's still the same no matter where you get paid, I don't see what's the big deal. And I mean, I honestly think now he's biting his tongue or biting whatever what's that, whatever the term is. I mean, just think of that outfield. Just him and Juan Soto alone is would have been crazy. Well, I think in the back of his mind, he also thought that he didn't think he was going to win there. And I don't think people picked the Nationals to win the World Series. Oh, no, especially halfway through the year. But yeah. I think before, yeah, before last year, they never won a playoff series. And he was expecting to be with the Nationals his whole career, but it just didn't work out that way. So yeah. the reason why he went to the Phillies was, obviously the contract was a really good contract, and it's a good contract for the Phillies as well because these next few years were able to sign like other good players because of his money being kind of sorted out pretty well. He also went there because of the short porch in right field, and he thought he could thrive there. And he's always been good against Philly. So it makes sense for him to go there. And also in his mind, he thought the Phillies are an up and coming team. So that's kind of the reason why he went there. One thing I do like about Bryce Harper is his cleats and especially the ones that were made after the Philly fanatic. (laughs) Yeah. Now I like Bryce Harper a ton. He's my favorite player. Uh, I think this contract's a good contract and you know, he's going to be one of the best Phillies ever when it's all said and done. And he's having a good year this year as well. Oh yeah. I agree. Insane. All right, so at my number three, I have the Cubs. Um, their starting pitching has been really good. It's surprising. Lester's been good. Darvish has been good. Um, and you know what's even crazier is, like, their core is healthy now. Like, Rizzo's been playing well. Uh, and now we see Ian Happ kind of breaking out now. Uh, Chris Bryant's been solid. And you know what's funny? Javier Baez hasn't even played well this year, and they're still – like, they're going to run away with the NL Central, I think. I think what's going to hurt them is not making a move for their bullpen. Yes. bullpen has been awful with Craig Krimble. But I think that's another thing that shied away so many teams, like the Dodgers, the Yankees, Cubs, is the asking price. Exactly. The asking price. People are asking for outrageous stuff right now. The Rockies traded for uh, Castro, I believe it was. or some oh, no. Givens. Givens. Who's nothing crazy yeah and they gave up three prospects yeah i'm like so, i think that might hurt the cubs unless keg Krimble grows his beard back and goes back to braves Kimbrel, which is 10 years ago but if they turn into him there could even, be another good team to win even with the red Sox, he was pretty good i think yeah he was that last year he wasn't very good but i've never liked keg Krimble, but <laughs> people don't um, I think the Cubs are a team to beat. Yeah. League. All right, so who do you have at number two? I have the, the Slam Diego Padres. Okay, yeah. 
Well, you know, it's, that's, I'm surprised you're surprised about that. Um, I, I know they were going to be good. I didn't think they were going to be this good. Yeah, I agree with that. They put, put them there because of the trades they made. I mean, obviously they're not the Dodgers, but they're pretty good. I mean, they're exciting to watch. They're good. They're young. They're um, the hottest team in baseball right now. Yeah, I mean, that's all you really have to say is they're they're good and they they surprised me personally. And they're so and they're young. Like, like the only like they don't really have besides Machado, they don't really have a lot of guys in their prime right now. Eric Hosmer, but I think he's post prime. I, I think he is post prime. But you know what's uh, funny? Kirby Yates. Kirby Yates is always solid. Um, Will Myers has stepped up for them. Good for Trent him. Grisham. Trent Grisham. That's a good one. Thought Padres, if if they win, I'll be happy for them. The only problem is they're in the same division as the Dodgers. I agree. But obviously, I don't think the Padres are going to fall to eight, and I don't think the Dodgers are going to fall out of one. No. I, the Padres will be like four or five probably. Oh, I mean, hopefully they play each other because that will be an entertaining series. The Phillies might play them in the first round. That'd be interesting. Yeah, it would. So at my number two, I have the Baltimore Orioles. Bro, top five offense pretty much throughout the entire year. And even their pitching has been surprising. I wouldn't you would have never thought now 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 they're like a couple games under five hundred, but they were like above five hundred and at five hundred for a while. Now they've kind of fallen off. But you would have never thought that they've they would be, you know, middle of the pack in the American League at one point. Yeah, um, well, that's 2024. <laughs> yeah. And, like, they got guys who aren't – like, Trey Mancini, their best player. Uh, he's I hope, cancer. Yeah, yeah. I hope he's uh, feeling better and everything's getting better for him. But, like – Chris Davis is out too, which – That's not, not saying much. Yeah, but it's it's interesting to see how good they are while paying him all that yeah. money. Yeah, that's like, that's like Jacoby Ellsbury, you know. Yeah bad contracts so good you know i never thought the orioles would be that good oh so i might as well tell you this i made a bet with my dad that the orioles wouldn't have won uh 20 games this year they have already won 16 and they got about 25 games to go so i'm probably losing that bet well they play the yankees a lot the next couple of weeks so okay i need you guys to win every single game i might have to owe him a steak dinner which is uh you know Pretty good bill. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my most surprising team, I, mean, I, I think it's surprising, is the race. I mean, which is weird because they're good, but they're the best team in the American League East right now. Yep. Up and down the starting rotation with Snell, Morton. I don't even know who else they have. That just says how good they are. You know what's crazy? Morton's Morton's out right now. Like Ryan Yorbro, I think is out for the year. Chirinos is hurt. It's like they got so many guys hurt, and they're just still winning. They have another dude, Glass. Now he's oh my god, dude. He is huge. He's and then they've had. I was watching the game last night. They had dudes hit home runs I've never even heard of. <laughs> G Man Choi. That's like the Yankees' kryptonite right now. Yeah, um, but the Rays just up and down bullpen. Starting pitching, their lineup, their bench. Even though right now I don't like Kevin Cash, he's a hell of a coach. Oh, he's a great coach. Yeah. Whatever the, their GM is doing, he's doing it right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that's my most surprising team this year. Yeah. My most surprising team is the Miami Marlins. Bro, never thought that they would be as good as they are. You know what's bad? The first, you know, as soon as I thought that they were going to be good when they beat the Phillies in the first series of the year, I was so mad. And I'm like, this team could be actually kind of solid. So they're sitting at legit 500 right now. They are good enough to be a playoff team at the moment as we're recording this. Uh, and they had all those COVID problems. And it's like, and they come back and they're still winning. It's like, holy crap. And now they just got Starlin Marte for them. And which is weird because they, I believe they traded VR. I, which isn't a bad trade at all. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know if they're going to try to make the playoff push, which I would think they are since they traded for Marte. But yeah, I mean, they were, they were a buyer in the deadline. So yeah. plus Sixto Sanchez, an old Phillies prospect, looks insane for them. Pablo Lopez has been good. Sandy Alcantara has been good. It's like, man, like. They're gonna, they might be a playoff team this year, so it's kind of insane to see that. Hey, that's the Marlins, why they're a surprising team. The Marlins have never lost a playoff series in their franchise. What? Oh, yeah, good point. That's kind of insane. Who knows, dude? Yeah, I know. Marlins, Baltimore, take your bet. Oh, man. Who okay? Let's let's talk about this. Who has a better chance of making the playoffs, the Marlins or the Orioles? I say the Marlins, okay. I mean, just to think about the East, you have the Mets, no offense, the Phillies. I mean, as long as their bullpen stays strong, I think they'll be well. They'll do good. But I I honestly think the Marlins, just because the Yankees – I mean, not the Yankees, but I think the Blue Jays are better than the – whatchamacallit. And then the Tigers, maybe, if Matthew Boyd pitches like he knows how to. Talk about a disappointing player this year. Matthew yeah. Boyd is like number one. They, <laughs> the Tigers wanted Labor Torres for, for him as well last year at the deadline. Um, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, they're both bad this year, so it doesn't matter. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the Marlins over, the, the ball, over Baltimore. I, I agree with that. But ultimately, we're hoping for a Yankees-Phillies World Series I'll be fine with that. That'll be awesome. All right, well, that's going to wrap up the end of today's episode. Thanks, Charles, for sitting down with me. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, no problem. Uh, do you have any last words? Uh, go Islanders. <laughs> uh, so where can people find you? Uh, Instagram is charles.s. And then if you want to look at my Twitter, even though it's – it's awful. It's cspacic underscore. Yo, this guy talks about his his sports teams all the time, and it's actually really funny. But it's a dedi- he's a dedicated fan to his teams, and I and I respect that. Uh, but I mean, if you see anything on there, it's nothing crazy. You're gonna think I'm crazy personally. So, nah. He the thing the thing that I like about you as a fan is that you're actually like realistic with your teams. Like I hate delusional fans with their teams. So yeah. Follow the podcast on Instagram at the underscore wins and losses underscore podcast and on Twitter at wins and losses PC. Thank you guys for listening and I hope to see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Peace.